This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast. Well, welcome everyone to the fourth edition of the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast. I am your host, the Pit Lane Rogue, and we also have with us Will Dale from foxsports.com.au. Hello, hello. And Lewis Isaacs from supercars.com. Howdy. Uh, this week, we don't have David Reynolds with us because he's off having a holiday after Darwin, but we do have one of the men that we've talked about quite a bit on the show and he's uh, currently in second position on the championship leader. Scotty McLaughlin, welcome to the show. Hey guys, unfortunately you're stuck with me, but here I am. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. your team boss, Ryan Story, would be so stoked to have you on. We know he's a, he's a massive fan of, the, uh, of the, the gibberish that we normally put out. Yep, he's a big fan. I heard he, he mentioned that to me, so I better be careful what I say about him on here and uh, make sure you know it doesn't affect my pay next week. But we'll make sure it's all good. And <laughs> every sentence with Shell V Power Racing should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know the deal. <laughs> well, the, the good news about you, I guess, you guys being in um, Shell V Power, there's there's no friction between the teammates. No. No. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's been good. It's been very good between me and Fabs and. Uh, I see no reason for it to get you know get worse. It's um, I don't know we've been enjoying it. It's been I've actually really enjoyed um, you know Fabs's company. I think you know off the track we get along well. Um, on the track we work together well. I mean we we both want to beat each other as much as um, you know as we can, um, and and we definitely push each other. But it's I think it's healthy and and you know you see it in other teams with Red Bull and. You know, pro drive and all that sort of stuff. You know, they've got some good hard teammates here that push each other, and I think that's exactly what we've got. Well, he's announced uh, that he and his partner Becky are going to have twins in October. So, is that the time when you make the big championship push? Then, when he's a bit distracted? <laughs> no, I'm sure he'll be fine. They're they're, uh, they're going to be um, all over it with those twins. Though. It's going to be full on. But I think I'm probably going to just have much pressure because I'll probably get thrown a couple here and there as well. So I'm going to. Have to cradle a few babies and or get used to it, um, you know, and, and be Uncle Scotty, I guess they've been saying. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to meeting the, the, the two uh, twins, whatever they're going to be. But, um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a loose time in their household for a while, for sure. <laughs> now, it's fair to say that you're, at the moment, in, probably in career best form. Is that a fair assessment of how you'd see your year? Yeah, I feel, yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, I've had a great year and so far, and um, hopefully, you know, it continues. And, and but I've had you know some great tools at my disposal as well. And, and it's obvious that me and Fabs have got some you know bloody great things going on at DJR and, and Shelby Power Racing. You know, there you go. Well, got got that in there for hey. you. And, um, it's uh, you know it's, it's good. You know, it's, it's um, I'm a very lucky boy. I'm just trying to make sure you know I use it you know where I can. When you look back through your year, like. You look at race weekends like Adelaide where, I guess on the Saturday, a little thing caused a few points to get away from you. Simmons Plains, same. Phillip Island, same. Do you look back at those at the moment and think, without, without those, I'd, be, I'd probably be a fair way ahead because on race pace, you've probably been the quickest guy throughout consistently the year? Or is that just you put it behind you and move on next race, next race, next race? I mean, obviously, we're still recovering from, you know, the unfortunate events that we had at Adelaide and the early rounds of the year. I mean, we had fast cars, absolutely, but we just probably, you know, didn't use it. And, you know, yeah, I do look back at it and go, damn, that sucks. But at the end of the day, I've, I've, I'm, you know, still having a great time and we're still close to the championship. So, I mean, you know, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. And um, I feel like we've done the, the best thing, as myself and Ludo, we've done the best thing with what we've had the last few rounds. And, Really, since Philip Island have really clicked together um, as a partnership really well. Um, but yeah, it does, you do sort of think about it and, and, and wonder what what could have been. But at the end of the day, you know, still in the fight. And like I said, and um, you know, it's you know, a long way to go yet, but still recovering from those little mishaps. But that's how it is. Scotty, you're on the um, the podium more this year than you're not, which is a a pretty remarkable stat given that you've um, you know you switched teams in the off season and prior to that you'd spent your entire main series career with GRM. So how easy has the transition been to the team? Yeah, look, it's been really easy. I mean, the the as a the team have made it easy for me. I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it comes from the top. I get along with Ryan really well. Obviously, the American partnership with Roger, and, you know, Tim Sindrick, and, and and obviously Dick. I, I've got a really good relationship with Dick, and that helps when you get along with those guys so well. And then it just trickles down the food chain to the 
into the guys on the floor and, and, the, and the girls that work hard. And I feel like, you know, I've got a really good rapport with a lot of people. Um, you know, like I said before, me and Fabian get along well, which helps. And, um, and especially now with myself and Ludo, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are saying a lot of things about the language, language barrier and um, a few other things. But I feel like it was never really an issue to me. It was just about um, trying to, you know, understand each other and, and what we wanted from the car and, and what I wanted on the radio and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, it, we've really clicked, like I said, since, you know, Philip Island onwards. And, um, you know, I feel, you know, it's, that's what's helped it a lot. You know, I feel like people understanding me or letting me be myself. And it's just made the transition so smooth. And, and um, you know, I feel really comfortable. I almost feel like I've sort of been at the team for a few years. So um, it's, it's a really cool feeling. So what's the what's the biggest change that you've noticed coming out of GRM and going to DJR Team Penske? Is there something bigger that they do? Is it more resources? What is it that that you've noticed? Oh, I think obviously the resources, um, you know, are, are a different you know scale. I mean, at Gary Rogers, we did our you know our best with what we had, and I feel like we you know we're always at that sort of underdog status. Where now you know I'm in a team that. You know, they don't want to be the underdogs. We want to be the ones that are winning. And, um, you know, we've got a long way to go, you know, to, to be consistently up the front. And, and I really won't be satisfied to the end of the year to know that we are consistent. I mean, every track we go to is an unknown for us now. Um, but we've got confidence, and, and that's a, a big thing and a healthy thing for your championship. And, you know, I, I um, you know, for me, Jerem was a fun team. Uh, we, we did a lot of cool things um, together, you know, winning races and, and poles, and, and, but also fun stuff off the track. Probably the biggest difference for me between the two has been the commercial side. Um, you know, it's it's a lot. You know, there's a lot more probably expectation on your shoulders in regards to how you you know portray yourself. Still be yourself, but you know, you know, be a little bit more you know corporate. And 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 I love it. I enjoy. It. I've, you know, I feel like I've really sort of taken myself to the next level in that regard. And and you know, another guy, Ludo. Ludo is pushing me so hard to make myself a better driver. So I feel like on the track and off the track, they're really making. Um, improve myself massively. Well, you look at Darwin, and on Sunday, you um, you know, had that amazing shootout lap, and then you ended up winning the race after kind of, um, you know, getting ahead of Jamie in the stops. But how close were you? Was it from um, going the other way? Um, I heard your your front right tyre was in a bit of a bit of strife at the end of Sunday. Oh no, 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 that, that was okay. <laughs> the only reason I, I did that front right tyre was because I put too much front brake bias for the burnout and I had locked up since basically turn one when I was going to a standstill which was pretty average so I was pretty upset with that but I don't think um, we had an issue at all I was you know, you know just you know controlling the pace with Jamie and, and um, you know I felt like pretty under control there yeah now with your burnouts the one that you did at Darwin wasn't the best are you going to get some uh, help from Robbie Gordon to to work out how to do burnouts no, 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 I don't, I don't think so. Um, he, uh, what he did obviously was um, <laughs> something. I feel like when we do our stuff, we're on a, we're in a controlled environment, so it's a little bit different. Um, I think I, the main person I need to speak to is uh, is Gizzy. He's he's a master. I did speak to him about it after Sunday, but yeah, it's um, definitely a lot different <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you were talking about how you were sort of just managing the pace, regard with back to Jamie on the Sunday. Did it surprise you that he didn't really seem to have anything for you towards the back end of the race? Yeah, I mean, he was really quick early. Um, and really up until sort of lap 10, I was, you know, struggling to, to match pace with him. Um, and then his sort of tyres started to go away a little bit and mine sort of kept coming. And um, Which, you know, that was really where we got our pace. Our pace was really at the back end of each stint. Um, so really at the end of the first stint, I was, you know... Um, pretty happy with things. I knew that you know, we could really control the race. Even though we're in second place, we could control what we do with the strategy or, or whatnot. So, um, it, yeah, it was definitely surprising that I thought he might have had a lot more sort of tyre life, but maybe, you know, the pace we're running at might be a bit faster than they can do at this stage or, or they could have done that on the Sunday. So, you know, my car was really fantastic. It looked after its tyres and, um, you know, I could, you know, really control whatever pace I wanted to control. Um, and, that was a you know a big thing that you know to help us you know control that race towards the end. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I think with Jamie, he, he normally is very strong at the end of every stint. So, um, but at the end of the day, it's 
you know, one of those races where you know had to, we had the faster car, so we had to make the most of it. And I felt like we did that. Yeah, on Sunday it looked like Fabian was making it pretty easy for a couple of guys to get through there as well, and it seemed pretty similar to um, you know your approach at Winton when you had that um, shift cut issue. So is that you guys kind of playing the long game in the championship? You know, even though it's fairly early in the season. Yeah, I think you just got to understand who you're racing. I think um, uh, the championship, you just got to make sure the most. At this stage, we're trying to make the most of what we've got each day. Um, and I, at Winton, for instance, so, you know, I didn't have you know the pace for Shane there. If anything, I was going to cost myself more positions if I tried to battle him. So that's why I let him go. And I think Fabs was in the same boat. I mean, yeah, we're thinking, you know, obviously championship. We want to be as consistent as we can. But I think we're picking what races we're fast at and what we can do with what we've got and not trying to overstep that mark because I think the second you do that, you know, you're going to sort of hurt yourself a little bit, you know, um, losing positions here and there. But I think, um, what, you know, the last few races where we've been doing that or controlling what we did is probably, you know, we've still finished fifth or fourth and that still helps you, you know, win the championship for sure. It's fair to say that you guys have kind of broken the, the DJR hooter. You're winning at tracks that you haven't won at before that must give you good confidence going into the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely, I think, um, like you said, AJ, it's one of those things where Darwin they had a one there for twenty years, so for the whole time it's been there in the category. So that was a great, you know, it's an achievement for our team and, and to get that through. But you know, we've got a long way to go. Like I've been saying, to you know, to be consistent and, and um, you know, we've got to keep working as hard as we can because you know, down the road they're not going to stop and. Down south and pro drive, they're not going to stop either. You know, coming at us, and you got to look at BJR. They were quick again on the weekend. So you know, everyone's having a, you know, a, you know, test day now, and they're throwing more and more new parts at them. We're just got to keep, you know, trying to keep the, uh, you know, pace we've got in our cars. And, and if, if we can do that, obviously, you know, when we come to tracks that we've struggled at, we'll definitely have the confidence. But as soon as we sort of drop our our ball, it's, um, you know, they're going to come after us, and that's what that's the beauty of our championship. So you had your test day before Darwin. Are you are you still throwing new bits at it? And has Ludo working at DJR Team Penske, has his influence now started to come on with some of the stuff that he's making for parts for the cars? Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, you know, I think we started with our, our base package from you know really a lot of the stuff that we had last year in 2016 for the team. You know, we, we just had to work with that for the first half of the year and Ludo, um, you know, really was working hard behind the scenes along with a lot of the other, you know, design engineers and Phil Keed and, you know, it's not just him that's really brought this team forward. It's been, you know, a bunch of the guys that we've had and the way the teams work together. And, um, you know, I feel like he's really put us in a direction, you know, where he wanted to go and accepted the responsibility if it was going to be wrong. Um, and thankfully, at this stage, it hasn't been. Um, and, you know, some of the parts that have been going on the car has really helped the car and, and helped you know, me feel comfortable in the car. You know, I was struggling early with the braking package at the start of the year. And um, I feel on the weekend, I really made a lot of gains with that. And where something that we worked on on test day was my braking capability. And um, I felt like I've really made some gains with that over Darwin, made a few passes that, you know, I would have struggled with at the start of the year. And, um, you know, that definitely puts confidence in your own, your own self. Yeah, well, you mentioned that, you know, working with Ludo is trying to make you a better driver. Um, what's he actually like to deal with? Because what we see is, you know, an excitable Frenchman who's hard to understand, but clearly a, a pretty switched-on guy. And, and you've worked with another Frenchman before in Alex Prema. So, you know, are you brushing up on the language? Are you getting better at that? <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I mean, I, to be honest, at the start of the year, I really struggled with Ludo when I first started speaking to him because just in regards to just trying to hear what he says, he, you know, he speaks very fast. Um, and But he's, he's ultra-competitive, and that's what I like about him. And... I feel like now I've started to get, you know, I'm on board with what he's saying. I'm, I feel like I'm fluent Ludo, which is definitely a, a really good thing because um, when you're not, it's very hard to understand him. But he, um, yeah, I feel like he's, I'm a little project for him. He sort of, you know, wants to make me as good as I can be and, and I can only be thankful for that. And um, I'm really enjoying the relationship we've got, um, you know, so far. And he's really understanding me, which is helping us click even more. Yeah, well, Supercars the other day mentioned they're kind of um, investigating the possibility of esports, and, and you've mentioned, you know, previously you've you've called yourself a bit of a geek, and you mentioned you're a gamer. So, so what are your thoughts on that? Are you into iRacing, or are you kind of more of a Gran Turismo, Forza kind of person? Yeah, I know. I love iRacing. I, I use iRacing all the time, along with um, Angus Bergen and you know a couple other boys, and, and 
we uh, we we're on there basically every week having a go. And I mean, the iRacing uh, supercar that they've got on there is probably not um, the best. They need to do a little bit more work on it to make it, you know, a bit more easier to drive. But I can understand supercars and where they want to go with eSport. They need to make it affordable for all families and. You know, sometimes it's hard for for families to get you know a, a simulator up and running or, or or a wheel or whatever. So sometimes they're sort of restricted in that regard. So maybe looking at a, a, a supercar game like they used to, oh, sorry, a supercar game like they used to. Well, um, I had to I had to yeah. dust off when I saw the the esports competition. I've got a copy of the Dick Johnson Challenge for PC, which was a. <laughs> Many, many years ago. I was like, maybe I should dust this out. I didn't out. know there was one of those. Yeah, it was I, from his last year of yeah. driving, so that sort of indicates the um, okay. vintage of that. So I was probably about six when that came out. Right? I'll, I'll send you a, What are you yeah. saying? Are you saying I'm old? No, no, no. no, yeah, no. I had the PS2 no. one. Won a couple of championships on that. <laughs> I'll send you a yeah. photo. You can. It's uh, it's good value. Before yeah. we go any further, boys, I wanted to get your weekend highlight. So, Will, tell me, what was your highlight from the weekend? I'm kind of torn. I've got a couple, like... McConville, Cameron McConville, I thought, did a pretty good job on the Saturday race, given it was his first full-time supercars race in, I wouldn't even like to have it. Eight years? Yeah, let's just say eight years. Um, Sensible, sensible drive, didn't really put a foot wrong, and and that was LDM's best race finish of the year, up in 17th place. Uh, The other shout-out, I think, goes to James Moffat, who's had a bit of a rough year so far in terms of luck, and unfortunately that came to bite him again on the Sunday. But up until that point, he was very quick. Very, very quick. Yeah, it looked like he was having having a great run there and then tyre blue and mm. all over, which I, I think they were running too much camper and that's, you know, kind of the risky run, which we found out what at... What tyre was it? It was right rear. Right rear yeah. Yeah, OK. No, I, I didn't know what happened to Moff. I saw, um, you know, obviously he, he, later in the race, he wasn't sort of... You know, where I thought he was going to, was at the start of the race. Mm. Yeah, I just want to, doesn't really know what happened here. Yeah, I haven't watched the race back just yet. Uh, it went on. It went under braking for turn five. He actually did a pretty good job not to um, not to turn the car into a pretzel. He, <laughs> he hung into it really well. Turn five. Under brake or just before he went to the brakes. Wow. Yeah, it was on that, the run to turn that five. That would have been full on. Yeah. Yeah. It was all it was all crossed up sideways. He almost ran into the drain. Yeah. So. Jesus, impressive. Yeah. Mm. All right, Lewis. What was your weekend highlight? Uh, I was impressed by Rick on the Saturday putting it on pole. That was a, a nice turnaround for Nissan because they've obviously had a mm. a pretty rough run. And I think once the race started, those opening laps there were fantastic to watch. Um, unfortunately for Scotty, he tried to go around the outside. It didn't quite work. And then um, yeah, that was stupid. And then, you know, our fellow guest Davey Reynolds, he tried it as well after watching you, um, and it didn't work for him either. <laughs> but I just thought that was that was really good racing. That kind of um, traditional style of, of you know, supercars that we, we grew up with, I guess. And, yeah, I, I was really impressed by that. It kind of made me like it a lot more again, you know. There's always quality races at Darwin. Darwin brings out some of the, the best racing I've seen up there. It's got to be the heat. It's <laughs> heat stroke. Everyone <laughs> goes go a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, my weekend highlight was um, Lee Holdsworth. After that massive crash last year, to, to finish, you know, top 10 on the Saturday and then top 12 on, on Sunday. And it was a fair effort because... And, and and Scott, you could talk us through this. Once you've had a massive crash, what do you have to do to kind of exercise those de- those demons when you go past the place where you crashed before? Yeah, I think I, I agree with you with Lee. I think he was great on the weekend, and he um, was very fast on Sunday. If it wasn't for picked up by here, he lost a lot of time. He probably mm. would have been a lot better than where he was. But um, no, look, it's tough. You know, Lee's hand, especially for Lee. I mean, he's had a couple of monumentals the last few years in a row. So um, for him. Um, to come back and get on with it. I think you just got to look at Chaz last year as well with his big shunt. You know, they, they weren't small and those boats came back and, you know, both, you know, went unbelievably well. So I think as a, as a driver, you've got to, you got to put that stuff at the back of your head. You've got to just get on with things. Um, it is hard sometimes. To, you know, you keep sometimes thinking about the, the incident. You keep thinking about, you know, what I could have done better, what I could have done, you know, worse or, or you know, it, it, it messes with your head a little bit, but, if you worry about it too much, then it, it really stuffs you around and, and will affect you when you come back. So I think you know, Lee's done a pretty good job at just putting it behind him and getting on with things. The thing I was surprised about more was that there was, a, there was quite a few people who had dramas in the pit stops across the weekend. Um, you know, there was some guys who stalled, there were some guys who shouldn't, you know, had some botched pit stops, and that, that's cost them track time and, and running within, you know, further up the grid. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, Leroy and his team, they're punched above their weight, those guys, are Chris and I. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job with what they've got. And, um, you know, Lee's a, a fantastic driver. So, um, it, unfortunately, yeah, the pit stop thing with them, obviously sharing a boom with the, uh, another team as well, is obviously hard because to get the chemistry between the boys, to, you know, get the, the, the uh, wheels and tyres done quickly and, and, and in a flow, it's probably it's pretty tough. So I think what they've got is uh, they're doing a pretty good job. And speaking of pit stops, it was the the undercut that worked for Fabian both days on Saturday and Sunday to avoid double stacking. Yeah, he um, the on Sunday especially he had the pit early and probably you know it, it was just to split our strategies in some ways um, and that was going to be the same as you know he got in front of me uh, in the first you know, part of the race so. Um, you know, you're always going to try and split your strategies up to make sure you get the best result for the team so we're not double stacking if there is a safety car. And, um, sometimes it can affect you at the back, back end of the race because it is, really isn't the fastest strategy. Um, but, you know, it definitely can help you if you can have tie life, and I feel like that's what we've had the last few rounds for sure. Well, when you joined Supercars, you, um, you know, you were quite a young bloke when it all happened and you were in the racing in New Zealand as a teenager and then, you know, Dunlop Series after that. Um, you know, we've had Alex Rulo, who's just been granted his super license, but, you know, immediately after that, he had his incident with Garth in um, qualifying, I think it was. So what's your take on his season so far? And, you know, is it, you know, fair for the young guys to kind of go straight into this, given that, you know, you had a similar kind of path that maybe not that young? Yeah, I mean, I had a similar path, but I did uh, DVS um, for, you know, three years, so before I even jumped to the main series, so... Um, I felt like I got a really good um, initiation in that category and then did Enduros in 2012 before I was obviously a full-time driver. So, I mean, Alex is, to be honest, he's, I feel like he has had a reasonable year. I think he's um, hasn't had any dramas and hasn't, you know, uh, apart from, you know, obviously the weekend up until that point. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you make one little mistake when you're already under the microscope, you know, it, it gets sort of, you know, blown up a fair bit. Um, so... I sort of feel for the little guy in that, in that regard, but at the end of the day, I probably should say little. Like he's, he's probably taller than me, <laughs> but he's, 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 to be honest, he's. Um, I, th- I felt like he's had a pretty solid year. He hasn't, you know, he's got out of the way when he needs to, or, or in, in qualifying, never had an issue with him. Um, but yeah, I can't speak on behalf of everyone. So um, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, that that incident on uh, on the weekend uh, with Garth, that was pretty. Uh, crazy, and but I think you've also got to not. Um, it's not exactly his fault. He's got to probably think about you know the young bloke. He probably needs to be nurtured a little bit more, and that's where I was very lucky. I had some great guys, you know, around me to you know get me you know introduced to the category and and, and learn the ropes pretty quickly and, and in the right way. Um, I think they probably need to be a little bit more vocal with them to help them get out pit lane safely and and whatever like that. But um, I'm sure they've got it all under control. Well, that was going to be my next point. And I'm going to throw it out to you two, to Will and to Lewis. Does Alex need a mentor, someone to take him under the, his wing, under their wing, and say, look, this is how you, like a, a driver coach. We saw uh, Waters go across to the UK and do the academy over there last year, and look what's happened to him this year. He's in you know, the, the best form he's been in the last couple of years. Does Alex need a mentor for someone to take him and, and show him and, and coach him through things? Absolutely. I don't... I don't think that would hurt in the slightest. I have a feeling that there is someone working with him at the moment. There's Greg Murphy. I'm pretty sure Greg Murphy's at least from a, if not from a necessarily driving standpoint, he's at least working with him, like on a person-to-person basis to sort of show him the ropes. But absolutely, I mean, he's at the start of this year, he was 16 and had not driven in a full distance supercars race. There's a lot of little things that he's not going to know. That again, on the weekend in Darwin. That's that sort of inexperience was exposed with the Tanda situation. There have been instances like that throughout the throughout the year, where if someone was there to sort of say, "Hey, look, this, that, the other," maybe they might be avoided. But it, it absolutely couldn't hurt, and it would make total sense for LDM to, especially now they've got someone like McConville in the team, who has like countless years of supercars experience. And it's quite a cool, calm, collected character and is going to be guaranteed to be there at the next race weekend with them, it's got to be good for him. It's got to be good for him. Yeah, you look at the Enduros and who hasn't got a drive so far, and there's plenty of experienced candidates that, uh, you know, would be ideal for that mentoring role. And, and a lot of these drivers, you know, when they're not 
racing supercars are doing driver training and whatnot as well. So there's opportunities there. And I think someone like, you know, Andrew Jones, who's racing in the DVS, has been around a long time. You know, he'd be someone that, you know, potentially would go quite well alongside Alex. But when you speak to the young bloke, he's, he's quite self-assured. He, he's very mature for his age. Um, people call him a, a young fellow in a teenager and whatnot, but when you chat to him, you don't get that impression. Um, mm, agreed completely. Yeah, and when you watch him race too, he's actually quite plucky. He's not backwards in how he goes about things. I, I don't think he's got a lot of hubris or anything. I think, yeah, it's just a lack of experience and maybe he needs someone to tell him to slow down and take his time to to learn the cars and the category before he starts getting his elbows out too much. There was a great chat with Garth a couple of weeks ago on Inside Supercars where he mentioned that exact same thing. You know, what advice would he give himself 20 years ago? And it was that. And maybe that's just what he needs. Honestly, the other thing is, as you touched on, realize not a cocky or arrogant person out of the car. Like, one of the things I think was nice to see over the weekend, as soon as that incident happened with Tanda, he just, and someone asked him about it, he just copped to it straight away. Yep, absolutely my fault, 110%. And he also put... He Put it up Did on social as well. Did he go see him? That, he's... I think Greg Rust interviewed him just before he was going to go see him, but I yeah. don't know definitively yeah. if he did or not. So, Scotty, who are the yeah. drivers you wouldn't go see if you had a run-in? Who scares <laughs> you? I think it doesn't matter who it is, whether you like them or not. I think you, when you know you're stuffed up, I think you've got to go see them. Um, and, and I certainly did that a few times, you know, in my first year in the category, um, even after all the stuff I did in the DVS as well, so... I think it's important that he just, yeah, he just needs to um, probably, you know, respect that he made a mistake and then, you know, go see him or, or just front the... It's never hard fronting Garth Tander, trust me. I've done it a couple of times it's hard, but, um, you know, you just got to admit it and you get a lot more respect doing that than, than not doing it. So the one thing we haven't talked about yet and I think we need to talk about is ProDrive. What is going on with there? Scafie was pretty critical on the coverage on the weekend about it's like pinning the tail on the donkey there because they haven't got a consistent setup and they're all over the shop. Frosty had an absolute shocker on the weekend. He was 14th in both, finished 14th in both races. Yes, he moved up, but his qualifying pace is terrible. It was the same, it's the same complaints that they had earlier this year. Car has no grip, car doesn't stop, car doesn't turn. Uh, I thought they'd sorted the braking issue out in car five at Simmons Plains, but it, but it looks like whatever, it's at the very least another issue or possibly the same issue. Well, they they came off the test day at, at Winton saying how productive it was and they'd learnt stuff and they turned to Dar- uh, turn up to Darwin and it doesn't look like anything's changed. Well, you look at them as a four-card team. They seem to have an engineering reshuffle every off-season too. Like There's very little consistency in that kind of area. Uh, it is a strange one because Frosty won the title two years ago mm. so clearly he hasn't forgotten what he's doing um, and you look at the fourth car as well it's been you know when it was first introduced it was Alex Davidson who'd come back from a year out of the category and then it was um, Jack Perkins Jack Perkins who'd also spent a lot of time out of the category and then it was Heimgartner who's a rookie and then Chris Pither who's a rookie and now they've got Bridie in there who brings you know a wealth of experience and, and quite a lot of technical knowledge and it's still nowhere Mm. I thought he'd really add a lot to that team and, you know, particularly help them with the engineering direction. But equally, he still has a rookie race engineer who's graduated from Super 2 this year. So, well, there's there's still something that seems like they're a little bit lost, perhaps, you know, that they can't quite find that direction. And maybe that's a symptom of having so many cars. That everyone can go their own, you know, every which way. Well, it was interesting to see Chaz was quite quick on the Saturday and then was just nowhere on Sunday. Yeah, went, went finished 5th on Saturday and 17th on Sunday. The highest place finisher was Cam Waters, who finished 9th on Sunday. So where, if you're pro-drive, where, where do you go from here? Townsville, that's the <laughs> next one. Um, but but you're going you're gonna to face the same problem. Well, all they've got to try to do, I guess, is, is perhaps focus on someone like Chaz and Frosty, the two guys who are done the lion's share performances in the last few years, try to get them right, and then filter that across. Cam Waters is doing great, but he's still, you know, only a young fella in the category. Um, again, Bridie should be able to provide a bit of feedback, but he's been in and out of that many different chassis every weekend, so mm-hmm. it's probably hard for him to find his feet in that different car. But, yeah, it, it seems like something they're going to struggle with for a while. Are you surprised with their form, Scotty? Are you, are you surprised they're not challenging the... Challenging you guys and Red Bull week in and week out? 
Absolutely. I think, you know, they started really strong. Um, you know, the last few rounds obviously hasn't been fantastic for them. And, and that's, um, you know, I guess it's, for, for me that surprises me. There's always only sort of one car um, there or thereabouts. You know, there's Cam and Winton. You know, Chaz has been sort of been up there a few times as well as Mark. But, you know, there's never been sort of the four up there. So I guess in four-car team, you think, you know, it'd be... Um, Bit more consistent, you know, with the, with the setup, and 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 when one car's fast, the others would be fast. Um, but I think they'll get back into it pretty quick. Then, you know, they've got a lot of smart guys there. I mean, Adam and Chaz work together very very well. Um, and then you know, Brendan Hogan on, on Mark's car and a few others. Like they're, they're they're very um, good guys, which I think they're just going to have to knuckle down and get on with it. Um, but I think you know, it comes from the drivers as well. I think they've all got to be you know, positive when the times are tough. I mean, there was a time there with Gary's, you know. 2015, we, we were struggling very hard, but you just got to try and rally the troops and, and get on with it, and, um, and and try not to act too negative in the press or, or in front of the guys. And um, uh, it's something that you know it definitely helps with the morale on the team for sure. I think the other question is probably whether this is whether we should think maybe the sky is falling or whether this is actually truly a freakish result. What in terms of track conditions for the weekend, Scotty? How different was Hidden Valley? compared to, I guess, anywhere else you'll go across the calendar? Because we always hear about how hot it is, UV and so forth on the track surface. How di- how much of... How different is that to anywhere else? Well, it used to be pretty bad because the, the track uh, bitumen wasn't that great. Now the bitumen is, is really good. It's probably one of the best surfaces we go to all year, bar Bathurst or Phillip Island. So... Um, for us, you know, it's, it's the biggest thing is the heat, um, and and I guess it's difficult for you know some of those guys from that test at Winton, um, you know, to come in from a say a four degree day in Winton testing to you know a thirty odd degree day in, in Darwin with the track temp of sort of forty odd degrees. It's um it's tough. Um, it makes things difficult as a setup wise, but I don't think you know it wasn't as hot as, as it you know has been in the past there. So um, you know, I felt. Obviously, the, the the UV made a fair difference between uh, Saturday morning practice or Saturday qualifying, or Sunday qualifying, um, and then to the shootout, and then obviously the shootout and the race. The race was you know running completely different conditions to what was you know the day before. So it, it is hard to set up there, but you know we all know the story and we all get the same data, so it's, it's hard to distinguish you know if that that was a problem as well. Well, Scotty, you're a, a pretty proud Kiwi, so. Um... You know, over the weekend, you had Earl Bamber and uh, Brendan Hartley winning the Le Mans 24 Hours. You had you and Fabian. Um, you know, you got Shane up there. What are you guys doing right at the moment compared to um, the rest of us over here? <laughs> I, man, I think we're all, uh, you know, five or so lucky blokes who are in some fantastic cars in their respective categories, I think. You know, with the, that fight back that Earl and Brendan did, um, Chimo, that, that that to win that race from, well, I think it was 57 laps down or something like that. It was pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, it shows how crazy that race is and how long it is. Um, I think with me, Shane and Sab, that is a pretty cool thing, um, you know, for us to be, you know, battling at the top, you know, three Kiwis. is great for New Zealand. And I really can't wait to get back to Pookie. But I don't know. It's uh, the Aussie thing. I'm sure someone will break it soon. But, you know, I hope, hope not. It's, it's, it's something that um, we're enjoying and we definitely... When both me and Fab said after you know after the weekend we said oh that's eleven or twelve in the row I can't remember what it was but yeah it was it's a pretty classic uh, little joke that we got going on. Well, since you're um, kind of pantsing Australia at the moment, <laughs> you've spoken before about racing overseas, and it's not just because you're absolutely killing it, but is that something you're still looking at so we can get our own share of winning again? Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think I'd love to try you know some races you know across the across the planet and. Um, you know, have have a have a dip at a few things, but I've really put a lot of focus and emphasis into this year and um, the team. And I feel like you know, Ludo's bringing that out of me. And I think if I just keep uh, keep doing what I'm doing here, you know, I'll get rewarded later. But I think um, yeah, it's something that's definitely still in my mind. And I'm young; I'm 24, just turned 24, so I've, uh, I'd love to get you know across somewhere sometime soon. Well, being in the Penske organisation, I'd love to see you racing at the, you know, at Watkins Glen or Sonoma. I mean, in one of those in the NASCAR road courses like uh, like Ambrose did, and do a couple of wild cards over there. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm a big NASCAR fan. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to head over to uh, Watkins Glen um, in, in August and, and, and have a little little watch around and, and hang out with the Penske guys. It's going to be really cool. And 
um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what NASCAR looks like on a road course. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd kill to just drive a NASCAR as it is, um, just to see what they're like and try something different. But it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, employed to be a supercar driver, and I've got to put my best foot, foot, foot forward here. And you know, hopefully one day when I'm, you know, maybe a little bit older or whatever, I'll, you know, get a reward somewhere else. Also, I was going to say, if you're heading over there for a watch, maybe have a sneaky little steer in a test session. Nah, <laughs> oh no, I'm definitely. I'm only just going. I'll be arriving at the track on Saturday and leaving Sunday, so it's. Um, I'm actually camping over there, which will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Man, that, uh, back in the day, Watkins Glen used to be back when it used to host the F1 races. They used to call it what, the swamp or the pit or something. It was probably yeah. the wildest camping site. They actually burnt out a bus one year. It wow. was, yeah, it was. It That's was exactly what impressive. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was no, some, no. that was like James Hunt era. So you're, you should yeah, all be no, good now. No. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting, something different, and see see a race from a different perspective is going to be awesome. What is a pass mark for you this year? When you, if you look back at the end of the year and go, "That's been a good year." What What's a pass mark for you? Uh, I think position wise, is that where you're sort of. I think, you know, what do you mean in regards like I think I don't know I think you know what we've done so far has been for me it's more than I expected I feel like you know Ryan said it before but you know I feel like we've exceeded all expectations of ourselves this year Um, and especially myself I thought you know it was going to take a little bit longer to gel with the car the team you know the mechanics uh, you know and especially Ludo Uh, but I feel like we've you know excelled at that and, and, and really, you know, drawn together really well. And I feel like, uh, you know, like I said before, it comes from the top and everyone's got a lot of respect for each other and it's, it's really cool. So a pass mark, I don't know. I think it'd just be you know, trying to stay consistent as much as I can and, um, you know, no mistakes from really this point on and, and um, see how we end up. So, Scott, I work with your sister, Sammy, and um, <laughs> before we got here, I, I hit her up and asked her what question I should ask you. And the, the one she's delivered is, how was your Sunday yeah. night? <laughs> how was my Sunday night? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty quiet. I was in bed by nine. Right. And your Monday yeah. morning as well? Early start? Yeah, I did a radio station at 7.40. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, no, no, no. It was a, it was a, it was a, a great night. We, had, um, we went out for, for a team dinner and, and, and then went for a few beers. Which is, you know, I think it's hard to do. It's something that, um, you know, it was good for the boys. I, you know, had a drinks with the guys and it was, it was a lot of fun a lot of fun your shout yeah i definitely shouted a few rounds it was probably more so ryan's uh at the dinner <laughs> but it was uh yeah it was a lot of fun i i, I love those times that you go out with the guys and you're just one of them and you can enjoy you know have, have you know a bit of a relax and and then it's straight back into work you know in, in a couple of days time and we've got debrief tomorrow and uh, knuckle down and get on with things tell you what that christmas party at the end of the year is looking pretty good with all the pole positions you've racked up so far it is. We're actually uh, we're gonna have like a little mid-year family Christmas, uh, mid-year sort of you know July Christmas um, this year. Um, we're gonna use a bit of that, but hopefully you know we can get a few more poles and add to the end of the year one as well. Well, you get one or two races. If you keep getting poles, I may as well give you the pole award at the halfway mark. <laughs> oh, I, I want to try and uh, I want to try and get a few more, but. <laughs> It's um, definitely, I think the best thing about, uh, the thing I get pumped about most about the pole is these days you need to, you need to qualify at the front and, and when you start from pole, it's the best spot you can ever be. So, I mean, I get pumped because I know I can potentially go on and win the race and that's that's a really cool thing um, as a you know driver to know. So, um, I think that's probably the biggest thing I get pumped up about. Awesome. Well, Scotty, thanks for joining us on the Fox Motorsport Supercar Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on this week. No dramas, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I hope uh, I'll probably be a little bit more um, cleaner than Reynolds at this stage, but um, you know, it's, it's always a lot of fun. Well, we haven't had to BP yet, so that's a that's a yeah. good, that's a good thing. And yeah, now's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Now, boys, the one thing we need to talk about is the Australian Grand Prix, which has has confirmed its date for next year. Now, they tried to get it away from the AFL weekend, and they have been unsuccessful to do that. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's an, a bit of a shame that that's worked out the same way as it has this year. I think you could notice, if not necessarily in terms of the crowd, certainly in terms of the media, the media's general media's ability to cover the event, that was hurt by the fact that AFL had launched the same weekend and if it's the same next year, that that's really unfortunate. 
Yeah, but the net impact on supercars is probably going to be minimal. Um, the big talking point for, for this category is the fact that it's championship points um, and how that's going to fit in with the calendar. You know, you presume Adelaide's going to be first and then roll out similar to what it was already this year. But I don't imagine the AFL coverage is that significant for, for supercars and how that goes forward. It is AFL and it is Victoria. Yeah, but you're talking to the wrong person about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about that, it's uh, time for a change of co-drivers and we bring in our the six-time champion, Jamie Winkup. Welcome to the podcast. Do the straw straw today, fellas. <laughs> Reynolds, what's he doing? Getting, getting sunbaking? Exactly. Sunbaking in Bali? Correct. <laughs> Tough life, that bloke. We'll, uh-huh. we'll keep the country going, won't we? <laughs> now, so are, you, are you, as a Hawks fan, right? Big Hawks fan. Are you upset about the, the change of weekends or the non-change? Uh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm not too sure how it's going to affect us. So it, it, it'll, it'll obviously affect us a little bit. You never like to compete with other uh, major codes in the AFL. There's no more major than the AFL. Um, a lot of talk about the points. I don't think that's going to make any difference. It was Everyone's having this massive push to get points for the Grand Prix. But to be honest, it's, it's always cracker racing. And I don't think, if anything, points might even slow that up a bit. So um, we love the Grand Prix. It's important we're there. Points won't make any difference. And uh, if they could have winged it outside of the AFL, that would be great. But they haven't. So all good. We'll go there and race hard and make sure we put on a better show than anyone kicking the pigskin around. Now, the one thing I wanted to ask is we saw a report a couple of weeks ago. So in when we get our next round is in Townsville. Are you going to wake up one morning and decide that you're going to win? Is this how, <laughs> is this how it works? Is the, it? Well, I did it, I, I did it uh, Winton. I decided Sunday oh, I'm going to win this one. And uh, generally when that happens, I normally, I normally get, get, get lucky and get the uh, get the chocolates but hasn't happened yet I've I've amped it up I can't complain about everyone talking about me not having my first win I'm the one that's amped it all up uh, come close on the weekend not quite there but uh, all in all pretty rapid the results anyway I'm, I'm right there 16 points off the lead so it's not all doom and gloom yeah, so, you look at your stats this year and you're on the podium more than you're not yeah there's only two other blokes doing that and they're the ones in the uh in the shell car, so it's not exactly anything to be too upset about. It, the, the competition's strong. It's it's great for everyone that uh, you know those shell boys have stepped up, um, and the, the, you know the, the competition's mad out there, which is good. It's it's this and this cracker racing going on. We probably do need to uh, make some make some changes to the cars. We got a lot of lot of wheel nuts interlocking rims and cars flying off left, right, and centre. Um, if we can make some engineering changes on that, make the racing better. I reckon we're going to keep moving forward. Now, the one thing that I was looking at is if we didn't have the Shell V-Power cars, you guys would be smashing everyone again. But it seems like it's ProDrive that have really kind of dropped the ball this year. Yeah, ProDrive are always quick at Darwin. So it was very surprising they, they weren't pacey. Um, Mark Winterbottom, had a, he had a shocker, basically. I'm sure he'd be the first one to admit that. Um, so critical. Look at look at Rico. Rico Pole sat day, didn't make a change. Boom, P12. So it's one thing trying to get your car faster than anyone else in any session, but once you're there, the job's not done. You've still got to keep moving forward. And if you don't move forward, you get uh, you get swamped. We just touched on before the fact that you are still, unfortunately, winless heading into this year. The next event is at Townsville, a place where you've traditionally gone quite well in the past. Is that somewhere that you would earmark, especially with the Red Bulls being so strong there last year? Time to get time to get it done? Well, the history's good. I have had some good wins there, and been unlucky a couple of times as well not to have, have a couple more but unfortunately the history the history doesn't guarantee anything for the next round you know it doesn't doesn't mean I go there and have a good run I got to got to work for it but we made some big inroads with the car on the test day and then also uh, last weekend um, I was this way was set up uh, you know shame with the completely opposite way lounge was in the middle so we all we're all trying to innovate trying to move the you know step up and uh, not make it just just a two-horse race but we're we're there we're there or thereabouts so when on that test day, it was reported that you guys all switched cars. So um, yeah. when you hopped into Shane's, did you like pluck a pluck something out of it, or put a curse on it, or cause it, was, it was horrendous? <laughs> yeah, for the weekend, yeah, it was. Like, he he reckons he had something wrong with it all weekend, with uh, certainly with braking. Um, cra- crazy how tall he is! I didn't realize that he must be mega tall from the torso torso up. I couldn't I could hardly serve a steering wheel driving <laughs> this car. So I was wobbling around. Um, Lounsey and I we're pretty we've been teammates a, a bit, including the twelve hour this year. So we're similar similar height and weight. Um, but it was good. All cars were completely different, had different engineering, different parts. So uh, it was good to jump in and just get a feel for that component. Well, you look at the cars that have kind of lost it a little bit this year, and it's you know the four car teams like Nissan and ProDrive. They seem to struggle to find that direction. It's your your team's second year as a third car. I think. 
how come you're able to manage it more effectively, that expansion? Uh, well, we're three, we're not four, so maybe four is, is tougher again, but um, it's good management at the end of the day. You, you should be able to run six cars, and if, it, if it's managed well, um, it should be no problem. So we're very, very lucky with good management. I was looking at the at the stats of your like, you know, over your six championships, and you've been challenged quite a bit, but do you think Penske has actually mounted the strongest challenge that you've had over those amount of years, I, I think if I said that, that'd be very unfair to uh, to the crews that were they've been pushing hard year after year. Um, FPR back in the day, they were very very quick. HRT, even even go way back, even back to the toll cars. Remember those toll mm. HSV cars? Mm. They were they were innovating at the time. They were well 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 um, beyond the um, the game at that stage. So everyone stepped up and done a good job. DJR got a championship there. Um, so no, no, I've had some cracker battles. This is one of them. We're we're behind the eight ball, and we're going to grind it out like we have every other time. Well, one of the big news stories from uh, in between Winton and Durham was the decision from Holden to delay the introduction of the uh, the Turbo Six. That impacts yeah. you pretty directly, being the the factory Holden driver. So, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a positive to kind of take a bit longer to develop it because it is such a, a massive undertaking, which I don't think people fully yeah. comprehend just yet yeah yeah you think uh you know just throw another engine in the front how hard can it be or tune the turbo yeah or tune <laughs> the turbo exactly get the hairdryer spinning up you know just it's all good but um everything revolves around the engine all the packaging the radiator the oil pumps the you know everything is packaged so it's a huge change you put another engine in and the whole front of the car has to be redeveloped and um in Australia, with you know limited budget, you know we're not we're not a huge country, and you know we've got 50, 50 so personnel, but it's not a hundred. Um, if you had a hundred personnel, you'd be able to get the car going, no problems. But uh, yeah, um, I've been asked not to talk about it, but there's, there's no real secrets. I, I I don't think we will get it underway next year, and uh, but we'll have another year of development and get it get it cracking the year after. In that case, is it kind of a almost a relief? that you're not heading into a season with a brand new car, brand new development where it could potentially either be miles ahead of everyone else or the possibly the opposite way? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the youngest out there. I've been doing it a little bit. So we need changes, you know what I mean? If we're still running the same car, same tyres, same engine year in, year out, it doesn't matter how cool your job is, and I've got one of the best jobs in the world. Um, it does get repetitive, so I'm all for keeping it, keep it moving up, keep it, keep it changed. New engine, I'd uh, if we could get it next year, I'd certainly, certainly love to. So love, love the challenge. Are you ex having a sneak peek of what's coming? Are you excited by? I am. I am. There's, there's. I think if you're over 35 years old, you're a V8. You know, you just love your V8 and never want to see it change. Anyone uh, younger than that are actually keen to, you know, keep innovating, keep moving forward. Unfortunately, the young kids these days, they don't have the passion of the V8 as what um, anyone over 35 plus does. Um, the cars are going to sound great. The, the, you know, the, the, they're going to... They're going to have any, every bit as performance as the uh, as the V8. Slowly over time, I reckon the V8 will slowly disappear and it'll all be six-cylinders, four-cylinder turbocharged cars. Um, I think it's a good thing. And the, the main purpose of it all is to get more manufacturers into the sport. That's that's the main purpose. The uh, the, the, the Toyotas of the world, the Mitsubishis of the world, they don't want to come in with a V8. They want to come in with their own engine. This gives them that opportunity. Well, you mentioned before, you know, You've been doing this a long time and things can get repetitive. You know, you lose the challenge. So over the last five years, say, you know, post the introduction of Car of the Future, what have you seen as the most significant changes in the category? Oh, Car of the Future is huge, without doubt. There's been a lot of, there's been some really good safety things as well. Um, the sequential gearbox, going from moving from H-pattern to sequential, will eventually go to paddle shift one day. Um, silly things, going away from a glass windscreen to a perspex windscreen, you know, that's a massive change. Uh this is car of the future, but the transaxle, you know, the gearbox in the back, that, that completely changed the dynamic. Where uh, where you down change and the engine would spin up really quickly because there's not much rolling mass. Now the rolling mass is the whole prop shaft. You know what I mean? That's all that's all joined to the engine, so to speak. So the engine feels like it's it's twice as heavy. So um, and then the new tire, the new super soft tire this year. That's um that's throwing a curveball as well. So I'm all for it. I reckon you just keep moving up, keep changing it. Um, I'm a big believer though. We need to make the cars lighter. You know, I really think the cars are too heavy. Um, yeah, it will be more more expensive, be more carbon involved, and potentially make the car a little bit simpler. But if we can get a hundred kilos out of the car, it'll 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 go go quicker down the straight. It'll it'll stop better and go in the corners better. 
Well, that that's an interesting point because you know we need, as you said, we need to move, continually move forward, and we need to keep innovating. And I know Roland has been a big advocate of the paddle shift stuff, and he was you know basically howled out of you can't do this, you know. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what the the next step and the next evolution will be. Yeah, you've got to keep moving forward. If you sit on your hands, and we'll just get gobbled up by not only other types of motorsport, but footy. Uh, and different sporting codes. So um, now the management doing a good job. I'm a I'm a big fan. They're they're moving the sport along where it needs to be needs to be moved along. Um, the sales interesting. You know, with with Archer and who's going to come in and do that. Might, who knows? Tony Cochran might be back. <laughs> Definitely don't rule that out. But uh, no, it's good. It's good. It's it's a great place to be, and we're very very lucky to have it here in Australia. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the technical things because when Erebus first came into the sport with their car of the future. They had a lot of those kind of advanced things like, you know, fly-by-wire and, and yeah. that kind of stuff. But we've yeah. seemed to have moved back to more traditional things. So what kind of technology do you think from road cars needs to be brought into the category, given it is, you know, purely a racing thing? It's a, it's a marketing platform, essentially. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think I'm not a believer of ABS. I did the 12-hour this year, ABS, traction control, paddle shift. I'm not a huge fan of all that, um, and we certainly can't go back to the Group A days where there, you know, there are different types of cars and weights and everything like that. Um, the balance of performance is fairly painful as well in GT racing, so it's fantastic we don't have any of that going on where the car that wins gets a little bit more weight. Everyone's got equal opportunity on every day. Um, what other things to move forward? The telemetry is good, like the data logger and telemetry. We've got over 100 sensors on the car, so that's a good thing. That gives uh, gives all the engineers plenty of time to procrastinate in the background to try <laughs> to make the car go quicker. Um, that's a good question. How do we move forward? For me, it's make the cars lighter. I just think think the lighter cars um, will be faster. There'll be better racing. Um, but also with the racing is to try to try to clean up what I mentioned before. Just try to. All the all the good racing now, you, you're getting a wheel nut in 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 a spoke because of, we're running so much camera. And boom, the cars are firing off everywhere. So, I think if it was me, I'd, I'd uh, redevelop a new rim where the wheel nut sits further inboard. Potentially, the spokes aren't as aggressive, um, so we can just have that more wheel to wheel racing and not have cars getting other uh, steering wheel ripped out of the hand. Jamie, you talked about how everything's sort of onwards and upwards in the category. How it's a great place to be. You're not off contract this year, but that comes up next year. Are you already looking forward to a next deal or even considering like opening those talks? I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm really, really not. I'm, I haven't thought about it at all. Um, I will get to the end of this year and decide what I'm going to do for, for 19+. plus. Um, I, I will say i got a big interest in being in a team owner, team, team manager, um, without doubt. So I won't, I won't be driving... Uh, past my use-by date, I, I, I'd, ne- I'd never want to be seen as that person that uh, holds up a spot for a young kid. So I'll, um, I'll still racing while I love it and while I'm still competitive, but uh, I certainly won't go too far. Well, thanks, Jamie, for joining us on the Fox Sports no Supercar Podcast. That's we fun. will uh, thank you all for listening, and remember you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and now Spotify, and we'll see everyone after the Town Pool event.